This is the Drunken Comedian Podcast with your host, Matt Hoss. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the Drunken Comedian Podcast. This is coming out on New Year's Eve. And what a delightful time uh, to release this podcast. Because, you know, you could be out with uh, your friends at a house party, drinking away. Uh, then you're like, guys, hold hold the phone. Uh, you know, stop that music, that cool music. Let's stick on the Drunken Comedian Podcast with Matt Hoss. Uh, <laughs> if you do do that tonight, and assuming you listen to it the second it comes out... Um, I, I, I'm surprised that you get invited out, and secondly, I um, I, I would be genuinely uh, I'd be touched, but I would question your motives. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, that's uh, not usually how I start the program. However, um, I'll just get straight into it this week. We have an amazing guest uh, on this month's episode. It's uh, Rick Ranza, and I've known Rick for a Many years now. I once I I went to do my first ever fringe at the uh, at, at Edinburgh in twenty fifteen. I think uh, I was um, I did a year uh, in that month. I worked at C Venues and I worked in the press and marketing office where I uh, got to know a lot of the members there. And one of the members called called Bernie and her boyfriend uh, was called Rick and he was a comedian and he worked a lot uh, at uh, at the C Venues doing uh, C Cabaret uh, in the night time. And I got to know Rick through that and we've worked together quite a lot and I've also done his show Star Wars for Star Trek and since then um, I've watched Rick grow as as a comedian, and he's always utterly delightful, and he is one of these people that uh, he's so warm on stage that he, he he's like he's like like a, a personification of butter. He's like so heartwarming, like full of cholesterol, but genuinely lovely. Uh, sorry, that is not really flattering, is it? Um, I don't. Uh, I uh, what I mean is that uh, he he's uh, he's such a pleasure to watch and. Uh, he he really invites a whole crowd in, and uh, I've um, if you ever get the chance to see him do it, because it's always a pleasant experience. And he does these really touching and very personal shows as well. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk all about that. However, uh, with this episode, um, I was very nearly close to not releasing it, because here is the inevitable noise warning. So, the audio for this podcast is quite bad. Um, we recorded it in Edinburgh, and we it was quite quiet um, when we started. However, a lot of people walked in, and uh, there's a lot of people making noise, and it does it is very noticeable. However, uh, firstly, that's part of what the, this podcast is about, and the reason I'm releasing it is because the interview is very good. Uh, we talk about coffee. Um, the importance of having passion in your life and stuff, doing stuff that you're, you you care about. And um, we also ask uh, the desert island question, which Maisie Adam uh, she she hated, uh, and it goes down a treat this time. Uh, and so there are the the noise is quite noticeable and distracting at times. However, the audio is entirely listenable. Uh, you can enjoy it. Um, however. Um, I think that this is a really good episode, and I hope you enjoy episode 23 with Rick Ranza. Enjoy. Hope you're ready for our podcast today, and I hope you're ready for what we're about to say. Make sure you come to you on a bus or a train, because we're going to go straight inside your brain. Get ready for the podcast. 
Tell me what you had for breakfast this morning. Oh, I had. Oh, I tell you what I had. I had. A, I have what I have every day: scrambled egg, two slices of bacon, one slice of toast, and um, um, coffee. A lot of coffee and a little bit of self-hating. So. <laughs> How do you get my breakfast order? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, what what kind of coffee do you drink? How do you take? How do you drink your coffee, Rick? Coffee? Oh, I just black. I I I, I used to drink like like the proper. My favorite drink used to be a a good old vanilla latte, right? Yeah. And I used to love them. Um, and I used to drink so many of them. I also used to be seventeen stone. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so I decided to. So one of the things I did when I was losing weight, I started cutting that back. I first cut back on sugar, and then I cut back on milk. And eventually, now I just have my coffee black, and I, yeah. I much prefer it because if you go out there, you can just find much nicer coffee. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I only drink in black for yeah. uh, vegan reasons, and you know, oh, of course, yeah. Because I'm quite paranoid if people say, "Oh, yeah, it's soy milk," but in my head, it's like, "What if it's not?" Ah, and, spiking it. Yeah, it is a little bit at a time. We were making one of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they just kind of like a, it's like a really slow water game. You know? <laughs> <laughs> just uh, slowly kind of water boarding me. But yeah, like, yeah um, no, I have yeah, yeah black coffee. Love it. I feel very sophisticated when I drink black coffee. Yeah, don't you? You feel like you're, I feel like almost French. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's your next year show, almost French. Yeah, almost French. But it's like, I, I, I go out and I'm like, I've just turned into like a proper hipster now for yeah. coffee. So I've got like this, I've got a man, I don't know, I don't have an electric coffee grinder. I have a manual coffee grinder. Wow. I manually grind my own beans, right? I'm, yeah, I wow. go out and I spend like stupid money on like, like I've got a coffee shop, an independent coffee shop, none of your chains. Yeah. Right? And I go, oh, I like your coffee. I'll buy a bag of it. And oh, like, wow. Of course, like it's a seven pound a bag or something <laughs> stupid like that. Uh, you go to Tesco and you can buy it for three pound a bag and it's still good. But yeah. like, it's like, I'll do that. And it's like this amazing, like, there's a place in Northumberland uh, in Annick that does coffee and it's like it's this little hut that's by the beach by the, by the harbour yeah. and like you wouldn't think that's where to buy coffee but they sell like insanely good coffee I've currently got I haven't brought it with me to Edinburgh because I didn't want to waste it so to speak yeah. um, but sitting at home I've got this bag of like Cuban coffee waiting for me and I'm really excited to try it because I've never had a Cuban coffee before and it's like yeah but I had like a Colombian one from them before and it was like it was insane like yeah so is that is that a thing uh, is that bag of coffee just Getting you through the frame. That bag it? of coffee is going to be my. Oh, thank God, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's not. I'm joking. I'm joking. I, I love doing this, but it's like it's going to be my little reward. Of, yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I drink too much coffee, by the way. I was going to say you're you're, you're such a um, aficionado of coffee. Like, uh, all these different types. I just I'm like yeah, black's fine. No, I never used to be like this though. I never. Yeah. And like I don't know what it is. Like, I just I suddenly got into coffee one day in a big way, and I think it's when I started drinking black coffee. When I went yeah. down to black coffee, and because like when you you start drinking black coffee you start to realize what's good coffee and what's bad coffee it's, yeah it's starbucks is awful yeah i never go there as well, it's so. awful their black coffee is horrific it always tastes burnt and it's just never nice uh-huh. cost is not too bad yeah um and cafe nero is not too bad but the point is i don't want like yeah not too yeah. bad so i'll go to places there's a place in birmingham 
um, called York's, which I really like their coffee. Really earthy and really, really nice. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I just... Yeah. yeah snob. That's, that's, no, snob. but I think you've got to... Whatever you like in life, you've got to find that passion and kind of like get that niche to it, if you know, because if... You know, if if you uh, if you like football, you want, uh, I think you like, you focus on the individual players and like uh, what you like about them and stuff like that. And uh, I'm not, sorry, I'm not giving a sports analogy, so that kind of fell through. Quite no, fast. no, 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 it's fine. No, I mean, I get, I, yeah, I guess I think like my <laughs> my thing is is when I get into something, I get into something. Yeah, like yeah. I get like proper like. So like coffee has been my thing. Fitness has been a big thing for me. Yeah. Like sort of working out at the gym and like I come up with my own routines and stuff like that. And I've done like too much research about what muscles are affected by doing this exercise. Oh, so it's not even just the physical application. Of no, it. so it's like the research like, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's cool. Um, and then of course there's my enduring love of Star Trek. And yes. the fact I just know way too much about Star Trek. And then if people go, well, I clearly don't like Star Wars. No, I've got the same love for Star Wars. Yeah. And I just know stupid things you know and, and, yeah. and uh, obviously at the Fringe you're doing uh, two kind of um, sci-fi shows yeah yeah, yeah. So I decided that um, I'd come to the world's biggest um, arts festival with the potential to draw huge huge audiences and what I would do is I'd go uber niche yeah <laughs> but I think that's the way to do it as well especially again finding that passion of what you like and then yeah. finding your way to show it everyone else as well I think, I, th- I, think th- I think that's it I think that's fair I think like when um, I think when you're passionate about something um, when you love something um, when you get into something other people are drawn to it um, whether they share that passion with you or whether it's because of the energy that you give out because of it it's um, it can be a good thing Um, and I think it's good to be like passionate have have passions about something I, I, I don't I feel sorry for people who sort of go through life and they don't have a particular passion yeah, for something. Yeah. Um, and I don't feel like I don't I, I, like I don't mock or ridicule them. I feel sorry for them because I feel like maybe they just haven't found their thing. Yeah. Yet. And, yeah. and it's like, yeah, I, I think there's nothing wrong with being passionate about something, caring about something. Yeah. Um, if anything, it's. No, I think it's a nice thing. Yeah, because I, I, I actually did a speech at my old school recently, and the, the, thi- the thing I said to them was just uh, that find something you, you, what, like, you can be a nerd about, if you know what I mean. Yeah, like, whether it's yeah. uh, uh, football or cooking or yeah. whatever, it's uh, find a thing that you're deeply passionate about. If you know what I mean, football is just nerdy. Yeah, that's football, yeah. F- football, football fans are just geeks. Right? Yeah, but that, that's it, but it's, there's a certain pretense that it's. They did, oh, God, yeah, they yeah. deny it, they deny it. But like, you, you ask a football fan. Like about their team, and they'll be able to recall stats. Yeah, players exactly. who have left, yeah. and they're going, dude. That's the way I talk about the Empire Strikes Back, yeah. right? Right. And also, when yeah. you're buying a football shirt, tell me that's not cosplay. Yeah, yeah. That is cosplay. Do you actually think you're that player, or are you dressing up like that player? Do you actually think like, there's a, a yeah, I, yeah. Or a, even if they get their own name on the back, that's just that RPG, isn't it? Well, yeah. that's, it's still cosplay. Yeah. Isn't it? You're your own character. Yeah. You're yeah. fanficking this thing. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's like. It's funny, so I think I think football fans are actually some of the biggest geeks out there. And you think about how much money yeah. they spend on like yeah. all the stuff. And like a lot of my friends who are into football, um, they they listen to the podcasts about football yeah. as well. So there's always that you know what I mean. Like, but then there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, exactly. Like, that, yeah, if that's what they like. That's what they like. I'm never, I'm never going to criticize it, people. There's only an issue is when they when you like something, then you mock someone else for liking a different thing. It's like then yeah. But I think a lot of people. Uh, that, I think that's more of a teenage thing anyway I think it's more of a I, yeah I, I agree I think when you're younger it's um, it can be more of, a, more of an issue as you mentioned yourself yeah um, I do think nowadays though we're starting to become a little bit more tribal uh, yes, which yeah. is worrying there is like a there is a tendency to be like 
you're either agree with me or you don't you're with me or against me yeah. it's like very very much Star Wars <laughs> yeah, light side yeah. dark side thing I think that just popped into my head there yeah. just thinking you know, like if you're not with me you're against me yeah. only only assist things like that Anakin uh, right? and it's like <laughs> it's like <laughs> you get a perfect guess for this podcast <laughs> a guy who quotes uh, Star Wars yeah. thank you no, so it's like I think we are getting I think there's a danger that we're getting a little bit tribal um, I think if you look at the greater world um, and you look at the political sort of stuff that's going on then yeah, we are becoming a little tribal, but it's also sort of leaking. It's starting to leak down into um, sort of where we are in culture and pop culture and stuff like that. You know, I'll yeah. give you an example. Um, actually, earlier today, uh, there's I don't understand Funko Pops. What sorry? A funk exactly. Yeah. Right. So there's these things that people can collect. You can buy them from Bin Planet. You can buy them from like HMV. Oh, I Rogue, know. Yeah, yeah, I think I know. They're yeah. little models with overly sized eyes, yeah. square heads, and they did. And like they started off, they were like, you can buy a Funko Pop of Batman, and I was like, oh, that's quite cool. And then it was like they branched out a few more Star Trek yeah. ones, Harry Potter ones. It was quite cool. Uh, and I was like, all right. And now there's like there's a royal family one. Yeah. You can buy a Meghan Markle Funko Pop, and I'm like, that's a bit much. And like they. It's going on, and I don't understand it. And there's two things I don't understand about them. I don't understand the craze about them. And I'm saying that I have four of Funko Pops of myself, my yeah. own, and I do like them. I just don't understand the obsession with collecting them. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I don't understand is a lot of people who are collecting them are leaving them in the box with this idea that <laughs> yeah, they're going yeah, to get yeah. more value. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, do we not remember the Beanie Baby yeah, craze? Yeah, like that, yeah. that, that didn't happen. But here's the thing: I don't understand it. I don't think it's a good idea. So I went online, like someone posted something online, and I was like, oh, I mean, of course, this is the best place to have an argument and yeah. to have an opinion is online. Because yeah, you know you're going to get a balanced yeah. debate there. Yeah, it's very, very rational. Yeah, very rational. So I went on there, and I was like, someone posted that they didn't like these Funko Pops because they, um, uh, they like, Forbidden Planet should fill yes, up them now yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. So I was like, I turned around and I went, look, I've got a few of my own, and I like the ones that I've got. I just don't understand the obsession of collecting them, and I don't understand why people keep them mint in box. To which someone started giving this whole tirade, of, not a tirade, yeah. but they started giving this whole reasons of why they were doing it. Uh, one of their reasons, you know, it was, and I was like, okay, that's fine. And I turned around and said, look, I respectfully disagree. Yeah. This is what I think. What you want to do is your decision. Yeah. That's fine. And then it just, and then they kept going. Yeah, they started yeah. giving me more reasons. And I'm like, well, no, no, you're not going to change my mind. Yeah, I don't want you to change my mind because I fundamentally respect what you're doing. I respect your choice to do what you want to do. Yeah, I don't understand it, and I don't need to understand it yeah. to respect your decision to do that. And I think what we've got nowadays is when it comes to fandoms and, and politics and a lot of stuff now is that when people think that you're disagreeing with you yeah. they think it's an attack a yeah. personal attack on you um, so it's yeah it's it's great to be passionate about your thing but you, the, the, there's got to be a line where you go your passion is your passion yeah yeah, definitely and well it's actually you make a really fascinating point so the, the fact that um, that fandom intertwines with politics in that way. You know I mean? Well, I know. I I think it's um, I think it's human behaviour. I yeah. think it's um, God. I'm sounding so intellectual on yeah. this. I, I feel like we've got we've gone like five minutes without a dick joke. Well, um, we, we will get to the debating material in, in a second. Cool. Uh, that's good. Let's get some dick jokes out. Yeah. Because like, yeah. Oh yeah, Rick, go on a podcast and promote your shows and uh, yeah. talk about being a comedian. What do we talk about? Politics. I am not a political comedian. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I will tell you, um, like, I, I have my opinions, and again, like, they're ill-formed. I'll yeah. admit some of them are ill-formed, and some of them are 
uh, need to be thought out more and I, I always appreciate learning different points of view and stuff like that. But what, the point I'm trying to get is like, I think when you're younger, I think what happens is you get into certain things. You get into football, you get into yeah. comics, you get into whatever you get into, that's fine. And I think as what used to happen is it's like, oh, that person's into that and that person's into that. We'll respect that. And then we got older. And then like politics, I think the, the way that you, I think it's not that they're intertwined, fandom mm-hmm. and politics. I just think the behaviours are becoming yeah. very familiar. Yeah. Um, and where people are, um, you cannot disagree with someone on a fandom anymore. Like you can't have a, um, I'll give you, I'll give you a really good example actually. Um, massive Star Trek fan. Yeah. Um, and I'm very open to all Star Trek. I like all of it. I love the last, uh, I love Discovery. I think yes. Discovery is probably one of the favourite things oh, I've watched great. in the last couple of years. But, there are Star Trek fans out there in groups that I've been a member of on Facebook who are like, it's a di- it's appalling, it's a diabolical, mm-hmm. da da da, and if you like it, you're not a real fan of Star Trek. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. yeah, take it to that level. And I'm going, well, that's awful. Like, you can't think like that. Yeah. And then you look in the real day life, right? You look yeah. at the real day life, and people are like, oh, so like, if you vote conservative, right? Yeah. People are like, oh, you're evil, you're horrible, you mustn't care about people. Well, that's not actually yeah, true. That's not 100% true. Listen, the Conservative Party are doing some horrible, horrible things. And yes, I will, I will say, but by voting for them, you are facilitating what they are doing. However, people will be voting Conservative because fundamentally they believe in something in a different way. And what used to happen is that we used to have um, one person would think one way, one person would think the other way, Yeah. right? And then they'd work together to try and find a common way to work. That's what used to happen. So, for example, some people like Star Trek, some people like Star Wars, so they came together, they created Babylon 5. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's, and we're not doing that now. Yeah, yeah. It's, but, uh, yeah, and what's happening is that we're getting very uh, polarised. And, yeah. uh, and because of that polarisation, it means that we're no longer willing to, the, the bridge isn't long enough. Yes, you know what I mean? yeah, uh, the middle ground's gone. Yeah. Um, and it's such a shame. And there are people who are standing on the middle ground going, hey guys, remember when yeah, it was yeah. really good over here? Remember when we were financially, fiscally responsible and really liberal? Yeah, Do you exactly. remember those times? Yeah, they were great times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But nowadays it's like you either vote Donald Trump or you or or you you don't. And yeah. like I think it's just I think it's really, really sad that we're in this situation. I think it's sad. Yeah. And I feel I think it's good that people are passionate about stuff. Yeah. Um I just think there needs to be a degree as well where you go the reason I'm passionate about this is because of this other people are passionate about other things because of that and I say this as the man who hosts a show called Star Trek vs. Star Wars which actively yeah. makes people argue on stage <laughs> that's a great point but I do it as I do it from a place of love I do it from a yeah well let's talk about that because yeah. right, let's talk about your shows uh, yeah. uh, I've been part of uh, Star Wars vs. Star Trek uh, yep. twice and both I think were my favourite moments on stage just really <laughs> Basically, uh, it was, I wasn't really a stand-up. I was just kind of nerding out for like a whole hour. It's great, but uh, um, yeah. So, uh, tell us about the idea behind the show and why you decided to pursue it as well. Oh wow! Um, I want I'm trying to think if I can give you an intellectual answer. No, no, just or, anything. Like, anything no, like, no, no, no. no. Well, auto says. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, exactly. I mean, like when you're studying the high arts. No, yeah. um, <laughs> no. It was genuinely. Like, I think like my solo show goes into it a lot, actually. Um, but you know I spent a long time in my life sort of like going I'm not a Star Trek fan I'm not a Star Trek fan 
not a Star Wars fan. I'm not a geek. I'm not a geek. Trying to be normal. Trying to be normal. And I, I, re- I also realise that doing air quotes yeah. on, a, on an audio podcast yeah. <laughs> is kind of redundant. It's okay. But the fact that I've actually now pointed out that I've yeah. done air quotes. You've, it's very, very Brechtian. Yeah. I, like yeah, yeah. I like it. So I'm happy with that. And then, so I started getting into sort of, well, I started sort of re-embracing all the geeky stuff that I liked. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I really always liked was Star Trek. I, I, I grew up on Star Trek, absolutely loved it. Um, and I love Star Wars as well. I obviously love Star Wars. Uh, who doesn't? If you don't, yeah. you're a Philistine. Um, I love both of them. But it was always the arguments of Star Trek versus Star Wars. They, it was kind of funny. You know? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, I always find it. And again, it comes down to the idea of like, look, people have different opinions. Yeah. You know, what we normally, what we should do is just go, oh, I don't like Star Trek. And that's fine. Yeah, yeah. But instead of going like, I don't like Star Trek. Yeah, Star Wars is better. Yeah. Right? And I like them. Yeah, <laughs> I like yeah. those arguments. And I thought it would, it would just be ripe for a comedy. Yeah, like, and it really it worked so well. And... Uh, so every single day you get um, uh, one comedian representing Star yep. Wars and one the other representing Star Trek. Yeah. And, uh, basically, you set them uh, varying like uh, <laughs> topics of debates and yeah. uh, 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 scenes and stuff like that. And, yeah. And it it was really weird. It's, you start out like as I say, it starts off like a comedy show, but then very quickly I get very very passionate about it. You know what I mean? It's very funny uh, for me to be watching acts do the show because you can see you can see people initially treating it as a gig yeah and then it does become like a real sort of no like I got to win this debate but then like also at the same time the great thing is that no one's ever come off like angry they've all come off and really enjoyed it yeah and uh, so that's really nice but it is just it's a lot of fun and it's just it is that reminder that a lot of comedians are just dorks. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly do think most comedians are nerds. Yeah, Because, like, the reason we, most of us do it, it, firstly, it's really hard, and the thing is you have to, and it doesn't pay that well, so a lot of people are doing it because they love it, and uh, and within that, though, we're all comedy nerds in terms of that, you know, we're all like guy uh, wearing an Iron Maiden t-shirt and being mocked out of school, and, you know, I think that's, uh, that's where a lot of comedy well, spirit comes from. I think it's funny as well. Like, I think, like, if you look at it this way, right, um, if I were a, a musician and I'd had a good gig, I'd come off stage, I had a gig, I'd probably come off stage going, yeah, that was amazing, I'm going to go drink and get drunk and have a party. Yeah. Um, whereas a comedian would come off stage and go, oh, that was horrible. They could smash it. They yeah, could absolutely yeah, smash yeah, it. Yeah. At the best gig, and they go, oh, that's horrible. I need to go think about what I've done and like rewrite this. And yeah. it's a very nerdy behavior yes, to be yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. To have that sort of like, I need to rewrite this. I need to work on this. I need to do this. It's a very nerdy thing to do. And I think a lot of comedians are like that. And it's interesting that a lot of comedians have that interest in stuff like Star Trek, Star Wars, superheroes, and yeah. things like that. So that's quite cool. Yeah, and um, so uh, with the Star Trek or Star Wars show, you, um, mm. uh, it kind of goes across the whole fringe. Yes. It? So yeah. basically you do have it. Um, uh, uh, so how do you find it doing for the whole fringe? Is it, is it quite tiring to kind of uh, hear these things? Are there no, any kind of esca- no, not really. I think like, it's, I, I like it because especially this year I don't have many people who are doubling up Yeah. Uh, yeah in previous years I've had people doubling up but this year um, they're not so I get to hear new arguments I get to hear old arguments that I've enjoyed before yeah, in the past yeah. old point. and because like I try to keep it like different people going up against different people it means that it's never the same show it's yes, never the yeah. same sort of argument and never the same viewpoints that have come across <laughs> And that's really quite cool. I think like there's there was one 
show that I did just before Edinburgh, London, um, and someone brought up a point that I just never considered yeah, yeah, before, and yeah. I was like, oh, that's that's brilliant, yeah. and it was so fun to think about it that way. Um, and I just, it's the tiring part is the amount of work prepping for the show because there is a lot of prep. Yeah, there's, it's it's the most tech-heavy show that I've ever done. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of stuff that I need to do to get the show ready um, and like a lot of it's research as well and a lot of it's like because as you know yourself there's the there's the ultimate knowledge round yeah. at the end and like I've got to prep questions for that and, it is, and it's through that that I've learned so many things that I didn't know you yeah. need to know right? yeah. like, like do you know that do you know the name of the band in the cantina oh I have no idea uh, Frig went down in the modal notes right <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I know all these things yeah. now because of like, you know, like, or who who was the first person to actually say the line? Um, it's like a variation of it. In every movie, you know, in every yeah. Star Wars movie, yes. they say, I've got a bad feeling about yes, this. Yeah. There's a variation. First character to say it? Is it C-3PO? It's Luke Skywalker. Is it? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. Luke Skywalker. What are the odds of successfully navigating an asteroid field? Oh, 3,720 to 1 <laughs> and it's like I shouldn't know all these information yeah. but I do now because of the show and it's quite fun you know it's, it's fun I enjoy it it'd be so funny if you uh, knew all these facts but you know forgot when your anniversary was or oh, something like God. that I don't actually know how to tie my laces anymore yeah. I actually wear Velcro now uh, because and I like that you had to check for yeah, a second I was just, I was just, like, just to make sure that's no that's a joke uh, um but uh, I, I think, yeah, I say some of my favourite moments for, for Star Wars versus Star Trek because I did it at the Fringe last year and uh, um, I was with uh, Crystal Evans. Yes, yeah. oh, she's great. Oh, she, the thing is, first time I met her and uh, before the show, she was like, oh, I haven't really prepared, prepared that much, you know, I'm very chilled out and I was like, okay, I'll just, you know, it'll be fun, nice and relaxed. And then, she uh, destroyed she, everything. Oh, yeah, she went on the stage and did this, like, five-minute powerful speech. I was like, oh, my God, like, she just, I was like... <laughs> she <laughs> nailed it. No, and, I've never seen her before that either. Yeah, yeah she was a and, fantastic. Yeah, well. but yeah, it was a good show, that one. I yeah, enjoyed yeah, that yeah, one. Was, and then the year before that, it was, um, uh, is it James Nokisi? Uh, was it? I can't, yeah, 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 that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it was, he, it was, the best thing about that, because uh, I'm, I'm pro Star Wars, you know, yeah. uh, you know, the right choice. Guys. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, but, um, <laughs> I think in both of those situations most of the audience were like pro Star Wars but by the end of both of those sets they were Star Trek I've yeah. lost them both cousins. yeah but then right so <laughs> the great thing about these types of shows I, I really enjoy is that um, it's people can nail the college to the master at the beginning of the yeah. show but if you entertain yeah it doesn't matter yeah it's, it's, doesn't it's good show though, matter it? yeah. yeah exactly and I think I think it's great I think it's like I think as long as comedy is there, as long yeah. as it's that, then it doesn't matter what you just get. Yeah, because yeah, I, I think everyone goes off thinking, uh, like, you know, everyone feels like they're doing a good job. Yeah, so it's good. exactly. No, it's, I've really enjoyed it. Um, and it, it's funny, because like, I have had people who have come to the show who are like, we don't know anything about Star Trek or Star Wars, and they come out going like, "I loved it." Yeah, that's they great. Love the show. That must be a different. That must be a weird hour. You know what I mean, if you have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to hear us sort of making yeah. weird references to, to what's the Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, yeah. Like, so yeah. I don't get that. But no, it's really nice that you know people are coming to the show who don't have an interest or whatever, and they're really enjoying it as well because of the. It's just trying to make the show as inclusive as possible. Yes, yeah. that's great. And uh, do you have any future plans for the show? Um, I, I, I potentially I think I really like the um, the format I'm really happy with the yeah, format of yeah. the show now um, 
and I want to open it up to other franchises. So I'd like to maybe run it as more of a this is the geek debate. Yeah, yeah. And then they can, we can argue whatever we want within yeah. the show. So that'd be quite cool. Because I always thought it'd be a really wicked podcast as well. So if you just... Kind yeah, of, definitely. Uh, I think there's so. so uh, yeah, I think there's a, there's a large scope for it as well. Yeah. So. I'd definitely like to do like a Lord of the Rings versus Game oh of Thrones God, or something yeah. like that. You know, that would be quite cool. Or Harry Potter versus... Harry Potter. I don't know. Like, well, there's nothing as big as Harry Potter, is there? What do you say? Harry Potter versus Twilight. No, yeah, that's not yeah. Good Twilight versus Buffy, however. Yeah. Buffy wins every time. Yeah, I know, but it's still very interesting. Yeah. And uh, so, um, you're also doing a solo show. This yes. Year, uh, which is still a fan. Uh, still a fan, yes. So tell us about the uh, the concept of that. So, still a fan is um, it's basically a show about accepting who you are through what you love. Yeah. Um, and like. In my case, I'm just telling the story of growing up um, as a mixed-race child uh, in Scotland um, and how Star Trek was my escape. It was my my go-to to sort of comfort me and stuff like that. Uh, and what I learned through it and how it shaped me as a person. So, that, yeah, and it's been really cool. I've enjoyed the process of it. Um, it's prob- I'm, yeah, I'm just really, really happy with the show. It makes me... yeah. Yeah, and, and, and do you get people uh, to the show who are uh, equal nerds as well? Uh, I've had a real mixture this year. I've got yeah, I've got some people who are like real nerds. Yeah. I've had some feedback. People like, "There's not enough Star Trek in this." And I'm like, <laughs> "I mean, I think you'll find there's just enough." Yeah. In the writing. Um, but there's a lot of people who are like, "Who's not a fan of either, or not been interested, but they're drawn into the story." Um, and I think that's always the important thing in a show. Is that if the story is solid, you can talk about yeah, anything. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And I've done uh, shows before as well, where, especially in previews. Like yeah. you're still trying to figure out the, the, the nuts and bolts and the, the jokes as well. Like, yeah. And uh, but as long as you have the art, you can kind of just bounce off. Yeah. It, you know I mean, you exactly. Can, you, yeah. And, in my head it's a bit weird like uh, I can't really remember I find it hard to remember specific punchlines yeah uh, but I can remember storylines you know what I mean I yeah re- so I, I, that's why I prefer doing stories yeah yeah, yeah. At this point, I feel like we uh, we need to apologise for the sudden raising in volume. Yeah. Uh, this was, this was my idea. This is, uh, it's like, this is my fault for saying, oh no, I've got to go do a gig, Matt. But we'll be fine. If this, what I'm going to do, actually, uh, for a bit, I'm going to just put like a little uh, barrier up. Ah, just, uh, just look at this. He's actually built a wall. Yeah. He's Donald Trump's <laughs> this podcast. Yes, mate. There we go. Hopefully that will uh, give us a bit of a sound barrier. Anyway. There we go. I love your notebooks. They Thank are you. Battered. They yeah, are, they are well worn. They are proper notebooks. They are proper comedian notebooks. Yeah, well, I, 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 I always buy them the same ones. Like, <laughs> my head, I can't buy any. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got you, man. I'm mental. Um, however, I've got some questions if you're interested. Go for it. Let's yeah. do this. Okay, so the one I like to start with is describe your act in three words. Oh God. Um, there you go. <laughs> no. Um, oh, oh, oh. Um. Does storytelling count as one word? Yeah, yeah, storytelling. Okay, okay. Um, storytelling, charming, yeah. nerd. Yeah, I go. like that. There we go. There we go. That's punchy. I like that. And um, what was the first gig you ever did? Nah. Um, the first gig I ever did, uh, I organised myself. Uh, it was, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was. Um, 
I was at Napier University, uh, 2007, and I, I'd always said I wanted to do stand-up comedy. It was 2007? No, no, it was later than that. Sorry, 2009, I think it was. 2009, I'm not 10 years yet. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 2009, uh, Napier University, I was there, and I always said that I wanted to try stand-up comedy. Um, and so I ended up doing, uh, I ended up organizing for my first gig. I organized a gig at the student union, um, and that was my first gig. Uh, it went in my head at the time. It went well. Yeah, it, it yeah, was good. Yeah. I still have the video. Oh I now watch it back, and every so often when I have a bad gig, or even when I have a good gig, I watch it to go. Just remember where you came from. Yeah. Just remember where you came from, oh and I go. Ah, okay. I am. Uh, uh, that gig was not as good as I remember it. Yeah. I, uh, well, that's the thing because I think when you grow up as a comedian, uh, you're kind of like, wow, that was actually quite a bad gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> If I, yeah, if I was watching that now, I'd be like, oh, this guy should quit. Um, I don't know why I haven't yet. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually found um, on my iTunes, I found loads of my old recordings. Oh uh, my god. And I was like, oh. I, I, I'll I, never I, forget. I don't, yeah, I don't want to listen to it because I can't imagine how bad it'll be because yes. I used to be a terrible comedian when I first started out. Yeah. And now I'm a slightly less terrible comedian. <laughs> <laughs> don't be harsh on yourself, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I totally get it. That was my first gig. And, uh, and um, so, uh, what is the strangest heckle you've ever had? Oh, okay. Um, this one's good. Um, I did a gig in uh, where was it again? Scarborough. Oh yeah. I think it was. And at the beginning, I was emceeing it. And at the beginning of the second section, when I went walked on stage. Um, uh, someone threw a packet of pork scratchings at me, um, which was single-handedly the most Yorkshire heckle yeah. I could have imagined. Um, it was no, it was in a nice way though. He was like literally, he was like eating them in the first half, and I had a bit of a laugh with him about it. Yeah. And he was like, "These are the best pork scratchings." Um, and then uh, he just bought me a packet during the break, and then threw them at me on the stage, and I was like. Weirdest heckle ever. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, well, that's, well, that's, again, that's, uh, it, at least it's not malicious throwing a power pork stretch in. Like, yeah. That, uh, you know, um, Throw me food. That's, yeah, I'm yeah, not happy yeah. with that. Yeah. Just throw a baguette on stage. Yeah. Like, like, like a dart or something. As long as it's, don't throw soup. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Although, I did, uh, I was actually sorry gig when I, uh, it's like the first year I started doing comedy. It was a really good lineup. And, yeah. Uh, uh, it was Pappy's, Free Half Pints, uh, Noise Next Door. Oh, and, uh, cool. Uh, I think it's Alex Smith who was yeah. the top pairing. Basically, there were some dickheads in the first half, and all the comedians destroyed him. And uh, uh, the comper, Alex, was like, oh, just just get out, you know, we don't want to uh, just just leave in the half time. And everyone's like uh, cheering them on. And uh, so they, they were asked to leave in the second half. Yeah. And he was like, and, and Alex comparing, like, oh, thank God we got rid of those dickheads. Uh, and then this guy walks up at the start of the stage and he, as if he's about to leave because you have to leave through the exit. Um, and he got this pint and just threw it all over him and covered him from head to wow. toe. And people were booing this guy. This guy's a massive... So hook. the guy threw the pint over the... Yeah, yeah, so the guy, he, uh, all of his friends have left and he stayed behind and, uh, and he, um, he, so he didn't leave. He stayed just to throw a pint I mean, over I, the guy. I don't understand the mentality of yeah. something like that. At the very least, like... Pints are expensive. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I don't. And it was in a really posh theatre as well. Well, there so you go. They're expensive. not going to be cheap. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, but the best thing is that the uh, the comedian was like, "That was my dad." So. Uh, ah, so nice. There you go. 
Um, okay, what song uh, is your dream walking music? Oh, I mean that's yeah. Okay. Um, currently, <laughs> currently in Star Trek vs Star Wars, I walk onto the beach. Uh, the Be- Beastie Boys sabotage. Very good. Choice. And it's, it feels epic. Um, I think those Beastie Boys songs are pretty good. As well. Yeah, yeah. So that feels pretty epic. But I'm kind of like, I don't know. Like, I think. Pretty much any Foo Fighters song yeah, does yeah. it for me right now. Um, like, because especially the, especially traditionally, the first track on a Foo Fighters album is always really anthem. You know, it's yeah. like, almost like an anthem, and it always builds. Yeah. And so when you do that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like it always feels really cool to put on that section that's just about to build and it breaks yeah. and you go and it's like guitars coming and, go, and you're like yes and you walk onto that so that's pretty much, uh, yeah yeah pretty much Foo Fighters but currently yeah currently walking onto Beastie Boys but right now I think like Foo Fighters would be the, is the dream very so, cool I mean like if I had the Foo Fighters actually playing yeah. just for my walk on yeah. music one day I think at that point I would win comedy yeah I think that's a pretty good dream to have yeah well. yeah, but I think it's achievable yeah I think you can do it by the end of the fringe yeah here we go that's it let's make it happen um, oh, here's a here's a question I'm uh, not overly fond about but I want to give I want to give it to you um, when you're on stage uh, what's the most mundane thing you've ever thought about <laughs> that's um, wow okay um, uh, just to give you a little uh, the reason I wrote this question because I on the way home uh, whilst I was on stage I thought about all the directions on the way home when I was yeah the I've had that before especially you know when you drive like yeah. you know, when you drive uh, to, I drive a lot um, we bought a new car like two weeks before the fringe three weeks before the fringe and in that space of that three weeks we put a thousand miles on it yeah um, and I think like the, probably the most mundane thing I've ever done is while I'm on stage just in a break it's just something popped in my head oh I need to get some eggs on the way home yeah yeah, like, yeah. literally like that that's probably the most mundane yeah, thing yeah that's a good one yeah. I like that uh, shopping list is good. Um, so, here's one, here's a, a new one I like, okay? Three men in a baby scenario. Okay. If you had to raise a child with two of the comedians, <laughs> who would you pick? And on top of that, who would be the funniest? Who would be the actual parent? Oh. And who would earn the most money for the baby? Oh, that's harsh. That's harsh. Okay. Any comedians? Yeah, any comedian, dead or alive. Oh my god. That's that, that's a killer question. I've got to say, it's a killer question. Um, I'd probably say, so I'm going to say Michael McIntyre because he's going to earn the most money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, then without a doubt, he's going to earn the most money. Okay? <laughs> he certainly, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a bold move right there. Yeah, like, yeah. So McIntyre for the money. Um, let's face it, I'm the Filipino, I'm going to be the maid. So I'm going to know who's actually going to look after it. Um, <laughs> it's nice. You, uh, it's quite sweet because you you resigned yourself to be not making the money or the funniest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I know. I know my place. Yeah. Right? I know my place. So if I'm gonna go for funniest, like I'm gonna, I, I need to put in someone that actually uh, makes me laugh. And yeah. I'll put Mike uh, Mike Perbiglia yes. in there. So he makes That's me laugh. God, he'd be a good dad. Yeah, he'd yeah. be great dad, man. But I think you'd be. You, I think you'd be a very nice parent in that situation, oh, in that, especially in that situation. I think it'd be a very loving sort of, you know, you know, yeah. Also, the, the child would grow up going, you all look the same. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, this, uh, what is the biggest difference between your on-stage self and your off-stage self? 
Sleep. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, well, yeah, I, it could be a very new avant-garde piece of standard. No, no. I, th I think, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think the biggest difference is, um, I think it's all confidence. I think, like, when I'm actually off stage, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm social, but. I'd rather not be sometimes. Yeah. Um, I'm actually, I, I, I actually like kind of being alone sometimes. Oh yeah. Um, and when I, but when I'm on stage, I want to be talking to people. I want to find out what's going on in the audience or what's going on in people's lives and stuff like that. And I'm very open on stage. But off stage, I'd probably say that I'm a little bit more reserved. Um, which people will say, bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. You know, we can talk. Listen, listen, listen to you on this podcast. Listen yeah, to you. Yeah. You're just talking and talking. But to them, I say. This is a performance now. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, you know, I'd say like, yeah, I'm a little bit more reserved and a little bit quieter off stage uh, in private. Yeah, I, I think that's a, I think it's a usual difference as well. Yeah. Um, um, I, I'm gonna. Here's a section I don't have faith in, and uh, it's usually I wrote, I did it for a, a podcast, and uh, a podcast for quite a while ago, and yeah. I, it has never really worked. But I'm gonna try it anyway. Okay, let's do it. Okay, I'm gonna ask you a deep and philosophical question. You have to give me like a short answer to it okay oh my god okay here it goes okay um, alright we've done all the philosophy earlier so we're good what, where is the line between insanity and creativity <laughs> oh okay where is the line between insanity and creativity yeah um, always slightly too far away yeah <laughs> that's actually quite a good answer <laughs> My, my, my favourite one of the deep and philosophical questions which I got from the internet was number seven what are numbers? what are numbers? yeah what are numbers? deep question man that's deep that's deep what are numbers? well yeah okay okay I can see that's, I can see why that would be deep but okay yeah, that's, that's good enough um, well, uh, that's the reason why that section doesn't work <laughs> I like doing it anyway because it, it, it I don't know I like that I had to think about what I wanted to say there it was like oh I could have really gone into that but no okay I'll do you one more I'll do you one more just for you uh, nature shape our personality or nurture oh my god wow wow that's good um I think nachos shape our personality. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, I think I'm very. Well, actually, I think it's nachos shaped me for quite a long time. So then we'll go with that. Um, okay. Uh, I'm gonna ask you some other bits and bobs. As well. Go for it. Uh, so I'll ask you a, uh, some uh, some specific questions as well. Like, uh, not just generic questions as well. Uh, oh wow. Okay. So uh, in the last couple of years, you moved to uh, Birmingham recently as well. I did. Yes. So, uh, uh, when did you move there? That was um, 2016, I think it was. Uh, October 2016. So it's been quite a move, actually. That was quite interesting doing that. Um, I've enjoyed it. I like Birmingham. Yeah. Pretty cool city. What's your favourite thing about Birmingham? I like... I like there's just quite a lot going on in Birmingham. Yeah. Like, um, I love where I live as well. Like, King's Heath is just awesome there's so much going on in King's Heath alone um, that you don't have to go into the city centre that often um, but I just I, yeah I just I specifically like the fact that it's it's there is just a lot going on there's like Big Bith Dining Club's pretty you know we haven't gone it yet but like I like that idea yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like they do a lot of stuff like that um, 
and then it's yeah, it's just a it's just a cool place. Yeah, yeah. There's something cool about Birmingham that I just can't quite explain. And I think like a lot of people overlook Birmingham because of the old look, you know, the old sort of 80s, 90s, oh, it's really run down and just yeah. But actually, if you go there, it's actually, yeah, I, I, and spend some real time there. And you, you stay away from the places like the Bullring yeah. or Broad Street and you start going to like, as I say, Mosley, King's Heath, um, Sally Oak, places like that. And yeah. it's like... This is a cool place, you know. Yeah, because um, it. Yeah, I, 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 I say I, I find uh, there's places uh, where a lot of people have a negative idea of places. Like, uh, I, for example, I love Newcastle and Glasgow. Cause yeah. th- those are two places where people think they're shitholes, but yeah. they're actually really lovely. Yeah. Well, yeah, Glasgow's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Got, the West End of Glasgow is probably one of my favourite places in the country. Wow, really? Yeah, it's amazing. I love it. I love hanging out there. So it's, yeah. So yeah, I, I think you're right. I, think a lot. I don't think there's anywhere that you can truly describe as a shithole. Yeah. Um, I think everywhere has its own charm. Everywhere has something redeem, something that something that makes it unique and something that makes it cool. Except for Stoke. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, no, I'm joking. Yeah, hear that Stoke fans, you losers. Uh, if you're I was joking. No, no. Uh, this actually, uh, this is actually the anti-Stoke podcast. What was uh, the reason behind the move to Birmingham as well? Is it uh, and how has it affected comedy as well? Well, it was all to do with ease of travel. Uh, is the reason we moved to Birmingham. Um, Birmingham is so perfectly l- located that you can pretty much get everywhere in the UK pretty easily. Yeah. Um, so that was the main thing. I was starting to get more work in London, so it was easier. It's easier to me to travel via train from Birmingham. I can get to Bur- I can get to London and back on the train for like a tenner if I book it. If I book it in advance. Yeah, yeah. And then like I can drive pretty much. I pretty much drive everywhere else. So it was all pretty much to do with like look, yeah, yeah, logistics, and it just it has meant that I have gigged more. Yeah, like because it is easy for me to be like, oh, it's in Leicester, I can drive there. That's an yeah. hour away. Oh, it's in Camberley, that's only two hours away. I can do that, and so it doesn't mean that I'm just available to you know to get to more places. And Wales is next to it as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and even Scotland is not that hard to get on, on the M6. Yeah, straight on the M6 all the way up, and that's yeah. fine. So yeah, it's all to do with like that. Um, all to do with like travel is why I moved but I, just, I didn't figure that I'd actually end up liking it yeah <laughs> that's cool uh, and uh, yeah and uh, you've uh, set up your own comedy night there yes. comedy, which yes. is a really awesome night as well. thank you yeah and uh, how, how have you enjoyed do you uh, <laughs> Is this the first time you ever set up your own gig, or apart from the one your first ever show? But like, uh, is this uh, the first ever time you set up your own like professional comedy club? Um, professional, yes. I I've run comedy nights in Edinburgh. I've run comedy nights. Uh, yeah, comedy nights in Edinburgh uh, before I moved away and stuff like that. Um, and when I started, but I've never done like a professional comedy night. So this is the first one I've done as professional. It's been really fun. It's nice to have that sort of ownership over what goes on. Yeah. Um, and a sense of pride in terms of the acts that you book and the night that you put on. Um, I've not had a night. Every night that we put on, I've 
I've loved the lineups. Yeah. And I've gotten to work with some really great acts and really great people. Um, so that's that's really nice. And, I, and it's also for me, I, 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 I actually enjoy emceeing. I enjoy talking to people and finding out. And, yeah. just, and so, no, it's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been great. I've enjoyed it, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, you, uh, you do a good job compounding it as well. No, thanks, man. Uh, you're, Appreciate you're, it. you're a very warm person. <laughs> Appreciate uh, that. Thank you. And off stage, Oh, you're just sucking up to me now. That's yes, I just keep, <laughs> keep, keep buttering me up. This is yeah. what I need. Um, this is why we come to Edinburgh. Yeah, exactly. Just just to appease each other. Yeah, 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 that's not, it. Not for the, the shows or the. No, no, no. None of that is all to do with just getting that eagle, you know, yeah. stoked. Um, here's, a, here's a question I've, uh, I've never asked before. Um, if you could bring any single comedian on a desert island, who would you kill first? <laughs> oh my god! Oh wow! Yeah. That is. Do you know what? I'm gonna give you an answer. <laughs> yeah, first I realised the, the ramification of this, but you, don't, you actually have to answer it if you don't want to. <laughs> I'm gonna give you an answer. And I say it with much love to him, and you will understand why. <laughs> if I had to take a comedian, single yeah. comedian, onto a desert island, is it a single comedian? Uh, yeah. Who would who I would kill? Yeah. Actually, this is what you're asking. Yeah. Um, it's Doug Siegel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just because I really think what I'd be able to do with Doug is then use his corpse to float away from the <laughs> islands. <laughs> And therefore, he is helping me out as a friend. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what I love there is that you've actually got an escape plan from that. Like, like, you make his body into a canoe. Yeah, that's pretty much wow. it. Wow. Yeah, like, yeah. So he's, he's helping me out. He's a friend. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Doug, if you actually listen to this, love you, man. Yeah. He's going to kill you. So. <laughs> I'm sure Doug would think the same for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, in fact, he did say that. <laughs> <laughs> but with much more spite and malice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can believe that. Um, so, um, what is a routine you have loved, but audiences have never really liked? <laughs> oh, every single one yeah. of them. Um, uh, oh, God. Um, there was one recently, and I can't remember it now because I ditched it because it wasn't working. Yeah. Um, oh god I can't remember there is a routine I have that um, I tend to do if I've not enjoyed a gig Um, and I love it but it doesn't always go down well and because I know it doesn't always go down well that's why I do it yeah um, and it's a routine about. Um, do I do the routine? Yeah, okay, I'll do it. Yeah, well, you don't yeah, have to, but you just yeah. won't give us a. What, what Basically, it's a joke about. It's a routine about stuff I've learned from movies. Yeah. And the, the, the final. So I list all the things that I've learned from 80s movies. The last one being don't travel through time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I learned that from Back to the Future. Yeah. Don't travel through time because it only leads to Parkinson's. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Audiences are yeah. a bit split on that one. Yeah, that, that is a, yeah, I think it, that, that's a nice broker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm proud of it. I love it, but wow. Yeah, yeah. you've yeah. got to have the right room for it. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes, exactly. We're talking, like, that's like, not even late in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
Wow, that's a, I like that. That's a good question. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm asking you these questions. <laughs> uh, so, you know, if you've ever seen Rick live, you know, if he does that... You'll know if I've enjoyed the gig yeah, or not, yeah. <laughs> whether I've closed with that joke. Um, what is the first album you ever bought? Oh, the first album that I ever bought yeah. with my own money was, um, it was on cassette. Was it? That's how old I am. Wow. It was on cassette and it was uh, Michael Jackson's Bad. Wow. Yeah. I would never expect that. And I am, I am ridiculously proud of the fact that that's my first album that's because good. it's a damn good album. It's good album. Like most people's first albums, especially, you know, they're, it's like S Club Seven or something really bad. Yes. You're a kid. You're yes. a kid. When you're, but mine was Michael Jackson. My dad loved Michael Jackson when I was growing up. So I listened to it a lot, listened to him a lot of Jackson 5 and stuff like that. So yeah, the first time I bought was on tape, my pocket money, Michael Jackson's bad. It's quality, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. I, I, I hate when people, some people like, uh, like kind of, who are pretend to be quite cool, like, yeah, my first uh, my first CD was uh, Pixie's uh, Doolittle. Like, oh, yeah. It wasn't, though. Yeah, like, it really it, wasn't. Yeah, it you've wasn't. got to start low and low. It was, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. My first was, uh, uh, I think it was The Feeling, Call Stop From Home, which is actually quite a good album. Actually. Fair enough. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Whatever you want, man. Whatever. Yeah. No, no one's criticizing you. This is a, we're in a safe place. <laughs> Don't worry. I, I stand by it. It's good, <laughs> good, good, good album. Uh, um, uh, what advice would you give to a new comic? Or, or alternatively, what is the worst advice you give to a new comic? It's the same piece of advice. Yeah. It's the same piece of advice. Listen to what people are telling you. Yeah. <laughs> Because genuinely, it's the best piece of advice because you are never, like, you can think you've written something amazing, you think you can do it well, but actually it's the audience who you should be listening to. Because the audience are your ultimate feedback. If they're laughing, then you're doing well, right? But then also, why are they laughing? They laugh for the right reasons. And that's where sometimes other comics or other people come in to help you. The worst thing you can do is listen to other people. Because other people... They don't know your experiences. They don't know your point of view. And sometimes, you know, they'll be trying to bring you know. Sometimes they might be trying to bring you down. You know what I mean? It's like, and also you can then get bogged down in what other people think of you. Yes. And sometimes you just need to be doing what you need to do, rather than focusing on what other people are doing. I think that's that's actually very solid advice. Thank you. Um, before working in comedy, um, uh, did, um, what was the worst job you've ever done? Oh wow. Yeah, we've been lucky I feel like, right, when you ask that question, it's like, it's like mind numbingly boring jobs and yeah, stuff like yeah. that, you know, yeah. uh, sort of retail and catering and stuff like that yeah. that I have done. So I don't want to say one of them because yeah. it's like, that's just standard. I think the worst, but then like. If it is your worst, like, if it's the worst time. If it is something that you didn't enjoy. Yeah, I think the worst one of them all that I had, there was this one job I had. I had it for a grand total of 12 weeks. Um, and basically, um, the, the manager who was running this restaurant that I worked for didn't like me. Oh so God. she was trying to find any excuse to get rid of me. Oh my God. Um, and like, eventually she pulled me over and she was like, um, I just don't think it's working out because you keep bringing your personal problems into work. And I was like, 
no one at work knows my personal life. Yeah. Like, I keep my work life and my personal life very separate because I haven't gotten to know anybody yet. Yeah, yeah. And it feels like you're just trying to find an excuse to get rid of me. So I think that was probably the worst place I've worked oh, at. So when I had a, no, it's fine, man. It's like, it's just, when you have a manager like that, like, it's like, you know, it's when you have some, there are people in this world who like, there's always going to be people in this world who don't like you. Yeah. There's always going to be people in this world who don't get on with you or don't, um, subscribe to your your viewpoint or your yeah. worldview or whatever and that's okay you're allowed to do that people are allowed to not like you or get on with you and that's fine it sucks yes it sucks and it feels bad but fundamentally it doesn't actually matter yeah. I think that's that's, that's very poignant so thank you uh, we're going to start wrapping up now yeah. however uh, as a standard thing on our podcast we actually uh, we actually get we want to hear a live um, signature signing oh okay what cool. we do where the, the podcast fans we, we they like to uh, hear you do a live uh, like, uh, yeah. they can't see it but they, they would love, love to hear it you know that's what they all okay, cool. they, they usually try have a look at, oh wow I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking through what you've got man. yeah have a look I'm looking Tiernan that's awesome man Sean McLaughlin Alistair. oh look at this I feel totally out of place now oh no you, you are totally uh, you, you're in there with the best of them oh uh, Lee Kyle oh lovely oh that was a hard interview that one uh, uh, Lee Kyle uh, you should listen to it listen to episode 18 it's good yeah. uh, it's very anarchic oh, okay it's very cool. Lee Kyle so, uh, brilliant love him okay here we go so I'm doing this right the money shot here There you go. There we go. Just at the time the baby screamed. <laughs> Perfect podcasting material. Uh, uh, yeah. So um, one final question before you go. go for um, it. Actually, before that, how can people find you online? Oh, cool. Um, uh, the, the, there's several registers that I'm on. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. Do Google very viciously. Uh, yeah, yeah. No. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, it's at rcaranza. Um, interesting point. There is someone else who tried to get that Twitter handle, and they couldn't. I obviously got there first, yeah. so they put an underscore oh. afterwards. And this this other person is a Filipino. Yeah, he is a justice lawyer based in New York, who is very vocal against uh, Duterte, uh-huh. the uh, the current uh, president yeah. of Philippines. And so every few months or so. I get a whole bunch of abuse from these oh right-wing Filipinos yeah. towards him because yeah, yeah yeah so follow me not him yeah. that's what I'm trying to say uh, but every so often check in on my account because I retweet what they send me and it is quite funny yeah. like it was yeah so at, at our Carranza um, you can find me on Facebook so it's Rick Carranza Comedy um, and then obviously on Instagram as well it's at Rick Carranza that must be quite interesting if those people send you hate messages it's like oh my god you totally suck it's like oh I just meant to leave a guy no yeah. no no yeah. this Rick Carranza <laughs> I'm always like they, they, they keep saying like how dare I had like one point they were like telling me that I was destabilizing the government with my negativity and I was like I'm sorry can I interest you in a dick joke yeah. instead <laughs> that's really funny uh, uh, so do check out Rick and, uh, and uh, obviously uh, you're at the fringe most yes. as well so do yes yes if you're listening in the future too, check that out but finally the final question on the podcast um has comedy improved your life or made your life worse? Oh God, it's made it so much worse. No. <laughs> I used to be really happy. I used to have money. Yeah. I used to have a job. I used to have respect. I used to have um, 
I used to have shoes. <laughs> I, I used to have no, no. Oh, I used to have better podcast guests. Better, but yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I had higher aspirations yeah. <laughs> uh, beyond just can I get like ten pence in my bucket yeah. today? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not even got a bucket in my show. That's the worst bit. Oh no. Um, um, I can get you that if you want. Yeah, I, I can. Yeah. I, I, I consider that fulfilled, Rick. Yeah. No, I think I, I, I. That's if I'm being absolutely serious. I think like genuinely, comedy has just been absolutely insane. I've had like no end of fun doing it. And I, but I think when you finally start doing the thing you love um, and you've enjoyed, I've always loved comedy from a very young age. And I think when you finally start doing something like that um, and you get into it and when people start appreciating what you're doing as well yeah it's really uplifting um, so that, that, that's the wanky section no no that's, uh, that's really sweet yeah so I, I, no, I, I think it's immeasurably improved my life if I hadn't done if I hadn't done comedy um, I probably wouldn't have gone out to Australia yeah probably wouldn't have gigged in Singapore yeah probably wouldn't have been back to the Philippines again um, I probably wouldn't have been doing my Eighth Edinburgh. Yeah, man. Yeah. Wow. So like, there's there's like things that I look at. And I think like these things have all happened because I do comedy, and you know. So yeah, it has improved my life. And that is a perfect way to finish. Oh, thank you so much for it. Thank you very much for having me. That was Rick Carranza. Thank you so much, Rick, for coming on the podcast. It was such a delight to interview you. Although it was, it was loud. It was um, wasn't ideal. However, we we really touched some really like moving moments and very touching points. And it was such a delight. Really, I I had a great time uh, uh, recording it. Uh, and hopefully, we can do it again in the future in uh, in a soundproof booth. My favorite part of the whole experience, and I. I cut this out, but I'll play it for you in a second. Um, <laughs> during a really poignant moment, uh, uh, Rick was really kind of uh, showing us this really beautiful uh, segment, and then halfway through, um, a kid uh, shouts the word Bojangles, because it's the name of the show at Edinburgh. Uh, <laughs> so this is what it sounds like. I'm very... I'm very cool. Wasn't that a treat? Uh, <laughs> uh, that, was a, that was a hard moment to record there um however uh thank you so much for listening to the podcast uh i hope you enjoyed it as well uh, i um i'm glad i released it and i think uh, it was a nice it's a nice episode to finish 2018 on because uh i think it touches the right moments and i think uh it, it's very personable this uh, this episode and i can't thank rick enough for doing a splendid job so um i am going to wrap this up you can follow me at Matt Hoss Comedy uh, and follow me on Twitter um, you can also see me live uh, going to matthousecomedy.com uh, to see all my live dates I'm in Camden on the 3rd of January and uh, I'm all I'm all over the UK just check me out and do see my gigs I'm very funny and uh, it would be great to have you there and uh, you know you can check out um, my other podcast called Miss Podcast um and that's M-I-F-F-S, and you can follow that as well. Um, very close to 4,000 downloads on that, so do check it out. It's one of my favourite things in the world. Uh, so uh, I still love, still love this podcast, though. Um, God, that sounded insincere. Um, it, I do like this podcast, but it's more of my pet project. It's like my, my bit on the side. Uh God, I have not sold this very well. Um, however, I want to say, uh, yeah, thank you. it's been a 
A very uh, long, weird year. However, I think as this podcast goes, we've had some really riveting and very great interviews this year. And um, I think we are on board for another great uh, 12 episodes next next year as well. I, I've got a couple more in the bag for from Edinburgh. I think I've got about two more. Um, which I'm very excited to release, uh, but then I'm going to be starting recording again, um, and then doing more in Edinburgh as well. But if you have any suggestions for people you want to um, hear from, or you want me to get in touch with, um, I'm more than happy to take suggestions. So if you want to email me, uh, uh, you can email me at madhousecomedy at gmail.com, or you can follow us at the Drunk Com Pod on Twitter, and you can just send me a message through there, and I will hear your responses, and I'll see, oh, that person probably doesn't know my name, so I probably won't be able to do them. But, you know, be realistic. Um, you know, Ricky Gervais might not take my emails. Uh, you know, Michael McIntyre might have a lot on his plate. I probably could get Lee Ridley, uh, Lost Voice guy. That, that, that would be achievable. Yeah. Not the strongest ending I'd hoped for, but uh, I have very little time to edit this together. So, uh, I'm going to go now. Thank you all for such a lovely year. Take care. Bojangles! See you soon. Bye! (laughs)